Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I'm David. I'm Reed. We are here with Eddie Fitzgerald. Erica Hanger. Hey! We all hey. know our names. Um, you guys are both on the Digital's organic social media team. You're sparing David the need to ask how you pronounce your, name, pronounce your last name. <laughs> he Fitzgerald? Does, no, I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> you didn't know that, Eddie? He does that with people with the last name Smith. He's like, I just want to make sure I get this right. <laughs> like, David, you're safe on it this one. It worked for me with, with uh, Hawker, though. Yeah. No, that's fair. I, we always thought no, it was Hacker. But... I, I respect that that's you know, how you operate now. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, this uh, we'll see. This is a special podcast for multiple reasons. But first reason is, Erica, you were a guest, would have been a guest on our only unpublished digital episode, <laughs> podcast episode. Two years ago, like almost two years ago. Yeah. So we'll see if this actually makes it to air or if you have uh, some sort of like <laughs> juju against the, the pod. And Eddie, uh, you are now leaving us on June 30th. All right, wait, no? 29th. 29th? The day before. The day before. In anticipation of this episode coming yeah, out. Yeah, The irony. <laughs> exiting digital. The timing is, yeah, impeccable. Yeah. Uh, well, we figured we had to like download your brain before you got the hell out of here. Oh, so. yeah. I'm sure the last episode I was on was huge hit. Numbers out of the roof. Um, yeah. Most listened to, I'm sure. As both Reed and I were like, were you on before? <laughs> and you're like, yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good memory. Early days, though. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, you guys let us know, informed us ahead of time that June 30th is, it's not, is it, do they put a national or international in front of this or do they just call it social media day? Well, that's where I was going. Yeah. Who established this? That's like me saying TV day or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, I have a Maybe. theory that when like social media became popular, they just started making stupid days for hashtags. Mm -hmm. So there's like, um, I feel like there is like four ice cream days a year. Mm -hmm. um, there's also like a hot fudge Sunday day. There's like vanilla ice cream day. There's like just so many silly little holidays um, that get trending on social. So I feel like if we're coming up with them, we get to have our own day, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, as the experts in the space, you should you should have the history behind social media day. I mean. Did Zuckerberg authorize this or? Who knows? But <laughs> I like to believe it's Tom from Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> the, the original. Yes. Yeah. But it's, That's a nice throwback. <laughs> yeah. And it's really to celebrate relationships on social media. Oh. Relationships. Oh, really? So it's not about most people are. It's kind of like a TBT type of thing, but it's more about what like Erica would celebrate Eddie and on social media. Yeah, it could be. Okay. <laughs> you want it to be. Do we know what Digible's social media post of the day is going to be? No. I haven't planned that far ahead. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Keep it well. By, by the time this episode's out, you might, yep. you know, you can go check our feed and find it, you know? Okay. Yeah, we'll see how witty Erica was. <laughs> no um, spoilers. Yeah. All right. Well, first off, let's, let's do a quick recap. Uh, we call this uh, what you guys do, organic social. Uh, which just to help differentiate between paid social. And that typically means you guys are just managing client accounts, meaning apartment accounts. And you guys, what, typically post three, five times a week, three or five times a week per property? Yep. Yeah, it fluctuates three to five times a week. We're typically posting on Facebook and Instagram. We've done Twitter in the past. Um, and I know some apartments are on TikTok, but um, just with the nature of our agency, we're not on site. So it's a little bit harder to get that content. But yeah, for us, we're doing Facebook, Instagram, um, three to five times a week, um, mostly um, static 
images. Um, we're not really in video yet, uh, but keep an eye out. There's some things coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's for Eddie knowing his job description and uh, for, cause Reed wanted more drops. So <laughs> yeah, two for one right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, all right. So uh, why, why social? Like, first of all, like now that Eddie, you, you just crossed three years and Erica two years with us, right? Um, so I'll start with Eddie and then we'll go to Erica, but why does a property need organic social? And do, do they really, or is are there some that don't need it? You know? Yeah, I think it definitely depends on the property and the property's brand. I think um, if you're maybe like a non-unit building, maybe it doesn't totally make sense. Maybe that's not where you want to put your resources. Um, but for that big, those bigger buildings where you do have a lot of residents, um, it's a great way to kind of build that community. Um, it's kind of like an extension of your website for people that are looking for your property. So you can kind of share behind the scenes um, videos, um, images, anything on your stories or on your feed, um, giving kind of like a behind the scenes look of like what it's like to actually be at your property and live at your property. Um, and I think it's also an, a, an opportunity for apartments to kind of expand beyond just their website and kind of show off their personality a little bit. So they're fun, unique amenities, maybe their pet community, what's nearby in the neighborhood, stuff like that. Um, stuff that you can't necessarily like show off on a website. I think um, there's a huge opportunity on social to kind of talk about apartments. Yeah. Retweet on that. Um, no, (laughs) yeah. Working with like single family, multifamily, student housing, senior living, um, even some parent, property management companies too, but it's like over 80% of apartment seekers are going to social media. They want that bite-sized information. They want to insight into what the community is like, resident events, local area, and to really, from the property manager's standpoint or multifamily, it's really generating that upper funnel brand awareness. Um, Just like it would go hand in hand with like your Spotify advertising, shameless plug there, native, um, but yeah, developing that awareness. So how do you then, um, and you had to know this question was coming, but how do you ROI it out? Like the, it's the hardest thing I, I think um, with organic social because everything you're saying makes sense. But how as a property manager or a marketer do you say, yeah, that, that was worth the 500 bucks this month? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, it kind of depends where your property's at and its uh, leasing cycle. So if you're at 50% leased and you really need like a lot of heads and beds, maybe that's not your best option right now. Um, for those properties that are more leased up, I definitely think it's a great way to kind of get a gauge on uh, resident retention. If you're seeing your followers drop every month or if you're seeing um, a huge kind of change in your followers um, in a negative way, that's typically people that are moving out that are unfollowing you because they don't live there anymore. They don't need you know to stay updated on your community. Um, there's also great opportunity to get kind of brand advocates for your community. So if people are like tagging your location or sharing your content, that's just um, more audience for you or yeah, a bigger potential audience for you. Um, and I had one other thought and then I just said audience weird. So now I don't remember what it was. So Erica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say on that note, like I work with a lot of lease ups, so I'm essentially like an extension of their team. Like while they're building their onsite team, I am developing that local brand awareness potential for partnerships in the community. So partnering with like a local bakery or food truck and to like develop that resident events down the road, <clears throat> down the road. Um, and like Eddie said, like, your loyal following engagement. And then we can also track like um, website traffic. It's going to complement 
other initiatives, so like your paid campaigns, um, SEO and like SERPs and rankings. So it's just kind of a whole holistic approach. It's that should definitely be part of your marketing. Well, since you had been leading the team, now handing off to Shannon, but I don't know how you'd answer that. But if you boiled it down to one KPI, because I know it's natural for us to to, to lean on engagement, you know, within the, the content itself. So likes, comments, that kind of stuff. But if you're an owner of a building, um, that may not fly. And so um, would it be NPS? Would it be your, your reputation on Google? Where would you take an owner if you were like, if there's one thing I want you to pay attention to um, six months from now, after we've gotten a chance to really get some momentum with the social, what would it be? I think for me, it's more engagement, but uh, I know that sounds like a cop out. My thing with social is um, it's one of those things just like uh, direct mail or whatever. It's really hard to like track back. Like you could put a tracking number in there, but a lot of people aren't going to like do that, right? Or are not going to like call from that tracking number. They'll then Google you, they'll go to your website. Um, so I view this as like the last part of that last, let's say 15% of marketing where you have um, your lead gen covered, you have your whatever automated follow-up covered, but you're just trying to round out the the strength of the brand. Um, that's where I, I view this. Uh, I think like you... <laughs> I mean, it's just not as predictable, I guess, is what, like if you're running paid search or like some, some sort of other mechanism. Uh, I also view, uh, I also very much believe in putting in, uh, having clear owners. I mean, I feel like people here at Digible are tired of me saying that, but if you're, um, if you have an onsite team that's at a stabilized property, uh, to, a little bit to where Erica was going at a lease up, maybe you don't have, the onsite team has no time because you're just handling all these leads. So you need someone to, to handle the organic social. Now you outsource it. But once you get, stabilized and you're at whatever 97% occupancy rate and you, you don't have a ton of leads coming in, then maybe you can have an onsite person start to take it over. Um, the way I view this is it's kind of like you've made the decision to start social. Um, therefore you must keep doing it. I, I think it is a negative to start social and turn it off. Cause then I've always said you look like a ghost town. So either you commit to doing it and providing the resources needed to do it, or you say, we are just not going to do it and we're just not going to be found on social. Um, so anyways, back to your original question, more about engagement, but it's because I'm viewing it as kind of that last 15% to make, to like really make your brand come together. Um, so if that's important to you, then you spend the time there. All right. Well, I'll, I'll tag a follow-up onto that since all three of you on some level point to engagement. I wouldn't expect us to have these metrics or a handle on this, but I'm still going to ask when we talk engagement, is it more important or valuable? Do you believe to see property manager, to resident engagement versus resident to resident or what's more common. So I love the idea of this community you're talking about, Eddie, um, where you're seeing the residents really, you know, as one, right? Like um, helping each other out, talking about events, things to do. Um, then there's also the opportunity for property manager who's like using it as a method to communicate um, what's happening at the property. And how are residents reacting to that? Or are they just ignoring it? So do you have any color on where the most engagement typically lives? Is it between residents um, commenting and feeding off of each other's posts? Or is it stuff that you guys are publishing and then you see it from the resident? Or do you see you know, the, the property manager actually generating some of the most engagement? 
Yeah, I think for me, um, a lot of the times when I'm posting on social for an apartment, I'm like asking the residents specific questions or I'm trying to get them to kind of have a conversation in the comments. Um, so I think a lot of times they'll, res so I'll ask like uh, something silly, like what are, what are your, what succulent, succulents are you putting on your desk uh, while you're working from home? You know, something like that. And then um, I'll get comments from residents and then sometimes the residents will comment back on and forth on each other, which I really love to see. Um, and then you can kind of like see if like who's actually like who in the building like is friends or like, you know, what kind of is the demo there? Um, we also see sometimes like we'll post about pets and then on Facebook you can, you know, in the comments add an image. And a lot of times um, we'll see people posting their pet photos. So that's great for user generated content. So then we can kind of grab that and, um, you know, repost that with credit the following month of being like, these are, this, these are our, you know, pets in this community. Um, they love it here. You should too, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Same. I'm a firm believer in keeping social media social and, just sparking that engagement, you know, conversation, that community and that connection and like that fostering that sense of belonging, right? Because we all want to belong. And it's also kind of, I lost my train of thought here, but. You were stuck on Eddie saying succulent. Succulent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> threw um, us all off like, going to the succulents. <laughs> well, uh, I'm wondering, do you guys see your role typically as more of a catalyst, which it sounded like you were getting at, or a facilitator um, than anything else? And then the hope, again, is that the, the residents will feed off of each other. Is that really the ultimate success from your perspective? Yeah. It also allows for like more of an insight into the property, like maybe a resident didn't the maintenance request wasn't addressed and like the onsite team wasn't aware or something like we can navigate those conversations and bring that awareness to the onsite. So once again, kind of being that extension of the team. Do the property support. managers, have you found more often than not use social media to communicate like onsite updates or is that still happening through email? It depends. We see, I see a lot of um, <clears throat> like residents or prospects direct messaging like DMing to like learn about availability and like they want that real time instant um, answer. So we see a lot of that. But like during the pandemic, I mean, you guys, obviously that must've been a wild kind of transition. Um, and maybe some of that still, there's some residue of that, but if you don't mind speaking a little bit to how things changed during the pandemic and this still connects to like the property manager's role, but were they using almost exclusively social to your knowledge, like for updates around on site, like whether amenities were available, what they were doing to keep things like disinfected, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. Why don't you guys just use that as a springboard for what was it like uh, managing social through the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that was definitely an interesting time for everyone on social. Um, but I think for uh, multifamily specifically, um, Email, I think, has still been like the go-to communication when you're trying to get to residents. Um, but I think it is really helpful to have that backup of, of social media um, to just like put it out there. Um, it was interesting during COVID to be uh, working offsite, posting about stuff onsite because we were constantly checking in with the onsite team being like, okay, what's open now? What's not open now? What are the hours? What's the mask policy? What's the cleaning policy? Not necessarily like the, that we're posting every single detail, but we need to be equipped if somebody is going to if we are posting, if somebody's going to comment that we need to like um, have that answer ready. Um, so I do think uh, to answer your initial question, yeah, email is definitely still like the primary form of communication when you're kind of trying to talk to residents directly. But I think this is also uh, social media is a great opportunity to kind of 
prove to like prospects and um, anybody else like in the greater community. So in your neighborhood that you um, were being COVID safe and that you really did care about your residents and that you were being on top of stuff as opposed to uh, some communities that went dark. It seemed like, Oh, like did that community fully shut down or what happened? Like um, how's like, especially like um, we post a lot about restaurants and like small businesses in the neighborhood. Um, And for me, like using social media was super helpful to see like, what businesses um, are still able to, you know, keep it going throughout the pandemic and what businesses unfortunately had to close their doors during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I would say to add that, like communicating with residents, um, I would say the resident portal too, because like some resident portals have like apps and you get notifications and, and that and so forth. Did you guys notice um, a veritable like difference in engagement during the pandemic? Meaning on average posts spiked, 30% as far as comments or, or likes. Cause obviously a lot, as you said, a lot more people were active and paying well attention, I think on social media. Yeah. I don't have um, a specific number <clears throat> off my head, but I do remember seeing um, during the pandemic while everyone was home, everyone's only talking digitally. Um, we did see kind of an increase in engagement and reach. So that was, um, I guess, good to see in a not so good time. Well, it's interesting. Cause back last year when you guys pulled, data uh, or for the longest time our average engagement rate was between like six and seven percent or, or something versus the industry standard at the time was between like one and two and then more recently as the pandemic's gone away i don't know if it's like causal or anything but we've seen our engagement rate go from like six to seven down to like three i think it's mm-hmm. mo- more recently where you guys are in the neighborhood of but the average engagement rate has now dropped to like 0.9 percent i think is what we saw right from the data you pulled eddie Meaning average in, for the industry. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I think the industry average is still like, covering at like 1.2. But uh, across like all of social media, we've they've seen um, a huge drop in engagement. Like, not huge. But I think it was something like a 30% drop in engagement from like 2019 to 2022. Um, for brands, just as people are going more towards TikTok or to uh, video as opposed to, you know, like still images that we're posting. Yeah. Well, it's still interesting. I mean, we're still well exceeding what we're seeing from the industry, but I just, I wonder if that uh, correlates at all because of what Reed is mentioning, like with the pandemic, it it was way up uh, versus now as people start to go back, it's gone down a bit. Well, and you think about in certain markets, just how social media can be affected, like the George Floyd in Minneapolis, like when there's social unrest or, um, gosh, what, what are we just saying? Well, obviously the political climate, especially in some cities or states, like what was happening uh, during the election in particular in Atlanta. I don't, I can't imagine that wouldn't have some impact on properties mm-hmm. in those markets, you know, cause inevitably the chatter starts to spill over and then, you know, you have a lot more going on, which maybe is a good segue or dovetail in a question about how you guys set those boundaries. I think that was one of the things that you wanted to chat about, but um, I don't know if, Part of that was the content itself, but how do you guys get a sense for um, kind of where you're going to begin and end, like with property managers and the brands, Um, especially when sometimes those, uh, I'll say, less comfortable kind of threads start popping up? I I know you guys don't jump right in and say, we'll handle that. Um, But yeah, talk to us a little bit about onboarding, setting expectations, getting a sense for the tone and um, kind of where you guys begin and end. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely don't want to open up any brands to like any unnecessary criticism or anything. Um, especially as we're talking on behalf of a brand, we're not always a hundred percent, um, 
aware of what their like day to day is or necessarily what their values may be, but we do a pretty thorough onboarding process to kind of understand not only like what the amenities are, are at your community and what your target demo is and stuff, but like who you are as a company and who, what you want to represent, what you want to talk about, what you want to stay clear of. Um, so yeah, that was another thing during the pandemic. As soon as that started, like we had to kind of completely reshift all of our content to make sure that we weren't being insensitive to people that, you know, couldn't leave their home or do anything like that. Um, and also as you know, there's always current events happening. We have to be super aware of what's happening so that we're not posting um, on like a really specific holiday or anything. Or if there's a major event um, that happens, we don't want to be posting about like come to our pool and hang out. Woohoo. Like that's not, you know, it sounds a little tone deaf. So um, just keeping an ear to the ground of like what's happening and also having that open line of communication with the client of like, okay, these are the holidays that are going to come up. Like, or these are the days that like might cause a stir how do you stand on them or what, what would you recommend? Anything to add, Erica, yes. on boundaries and setting expectations? Yes. Um, same to what Eddie said, but like also how they're approaching these like certain holidays. Um, and then just like building that brand loyalty too. like your audience is more likely to engage and be loyal when they agree or align with, you know, certain values. Um, we typically try to steer with like certain holidays or events, like highlighting a local museum or history or edu around education um, and so forth. Well, you, I feel like you guys did a great job after uh, mm. Juneteenth because um, we had a debacle, obviously there in England. We, we just <laughs> talked like, about this on the you. episode, <laughs> the last episode we just recorded, which I don't know which order these going to come out, but we mentioned that, uh, that it, we had just been unaware and then it came up and hit us um, that we didn't know about Juneteenth. But since then you guys did a great job of building a calendar, asking clients and I think helping them discover what that, I guess their tone and image is going to be. Cause going into it, I could see, I mean, like if Reed and I were to launch a building or whatever, get into uh, something tomorrow, we'd be like, Oh yeah, someone should do social. Cool. Good luck, Eddie. Right. Uh, but then uh, you guys have started to say, okay, what is your tonality? What, how do you guys want to approach this? What are your goals? And then which of these holidays are you, do you want to align with or ignore? And I think that goes a long way because as Reed and I were just talking on the episode with John Olson is, you know, we may not be aware of whatever heritage day or, or a month it is. Uh, I mean, obviously we're trying, but it's hard to keep up with. So that's more of a statement on <laughs> doing a good job there. Deep thoughts. Yeah. By David Staley. Yeah. Well, um, this is a, a pretty simple question, but how do you guys then not define social media, but uh, you mentioned some of these newer platforms that are more video focused that are starting to eat some share. And I think Facebook dropped audience, right? For the first time ever last quarter, was it David? It was uh, new user activations, I think, right? Well, they had their first... Shoot, was it? I thought it was. That was the first time that they lost audience in a quarter. It's, it's a oh, maybe it's monthly actives because I was. I feel like a lot of people go dead, but yeah. they don't like actually kill their account. Yeah. So I think it was it monthly actives. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm curious. Do you include YouTube as social media? That's a great question. I think it. Uh, I would consider of like the context of it of like what's the goal for YouTube if you're um, like late night with Jimmy Fallon. I don't know if that's necessarily social media for you because that's how a huge majority of your audience is like watching your content now. Um, but there are certain other brands and obviously like the comment section of um, YouTube is definitely social. Um, 
but there's certain there's also like movies on YouTube, so it kind of goes beyond that. So I think that's a similar thing with Facebook too. Of like, Facebook is a social media platform, but it's also now um, it's got marketplace and it's got uh, lots of other stuff that's <laughs> constantly coming out, um, the metaverse and stuff. Um, so I think it's interesting when like these platforms kind of go beyond their uh, their scope of quote unquote social media, like with YouTube TV and stuff. Like they've kind of um, proven that they can be more than social media but definitely i think they did start as like a social media platform in some type of way yeah yeah so tiktok is still a kind of a pure play social media platform is that fair to say or would you say it's um and it's it's video so yeah. again there's segments kind of within the segments but how would you define but TikTok? Is it like i mean well i think it's good just what? to hit like TikTok? is it really I mean, to your point about YouTube, I, I do think of YouTube as social, uh, but not just because of the comments. Uh, but let's say that it it's almost like um, where you were going with Eddie f for a second. Uh, YouTube is more of, let's say, a video, video sharing platform first, and then you have comments kind of bolted onto it. Isn't TikTok more of like a video sharing platform first versus like the actual social engagement? Because I think of like social interaction being kind of like the core Back to if, if we were doing a, v, a VTO or a vision statement for, for a social media platform. Well, yeah, we should let you guys debate this, but you said you believe in social media staying social, right? <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that that's where I would, and I neither one of us are on TikTok, so we should right. both, like, I don't want we should both acknowledge that up front. <laughs> but that it seems like that's more the purpose of TikTok is, you know, to stay social with each other and, and share videos versus YouTube, which I do believe is more of just a video sharing platform that bolts on comments. Oh, I can't wait to get into this. Go, Erica. <laughs> are you aware that Digible has a TikTok? Uh, yes, of I, course. Because we kill <laughs> I, mean, I think we traded on it every day. Didn't we trade Twitter for TikTok? Isn't that yeah, what happened? One in, one out rule. Oh okay. wow, we dropped Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to the video sharing or social media, I think well, with TikTok, it's or social media, it's bite-sized information, so short-form videos. Because reality is, we have attention spans of a goldfish, you know, when we're scrolling. So not me. But does that make it? <laughs> What I'm saying is, is social media supposed to be more, I think of Zuckerberg saying his original mission for Facebook was to connect the world. Is TikTok connecting the world? Yes. I think so, 100%. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Because what, it, are people like commenting back or is it more, basically what I'm saying, is it more of like someone's just following and lurking on you versus engaging with you? It's um, TikTok is interesting because it's really not about who you're following at all. Um, when I'm on TikTok, I'm hardly ever on my like, following page i'm on the for you page which is like uh basically just a bunch of recommended videos for you based on your viewing habits um so what's interesting about that is i feel like the the engagement is i'm not totally like i'm not a big commenter on tiktok but i know um like i've learned a lot about a ton of different topics on tiktok because they're just serving up somewhat random but obviously tailored to you um, videos about all different types of things. So, and whatever goes viral will sometimes hit your feed. So there's like a lot of different, uh, things that I, I'm, I'm trying. Okay. So, uh, for example, like everything that's happening in Ukraine, like that became so highly talked about on TikTok and highly shared on TikTok. And it was, um, like real time people that were there and like what they were experiencing as opposed to like, you know, a news outlet or whatever. So that part of it is, 
extremely social to me where like somebody sharing their experience and then like people are commenting or sharing that video or duetting that video and kind of getting that message out to other people. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe this is more fair for read night to debate where I'm about to go versus laying this on you guys. But based on what Eddie said, it's almost like um, any publisher with a comment box is now social media, right? Like the Denver post has comments. So now it's the Denver post social media you get what I'm saying, Reed, versus it, it has TikTok a, more Yeah, publisher. no, I actually was about to say the same thing. I think that's more the social component of, uh, you know, did you just say the, the post? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to call it a social platform would be uh, a gross inaccuracy, yeah. like to me. So Whereas I think it's maybe easier they, to get comfortable calling, to me, TikTok a social media platform. Yeah, I think there's maybe a difference here between what is social media versus what is a social media platform. Right. Now, uh, I could see in a future world, TikTok partnering with the post and you can like use TikTok to like comment, if you will, on an article that the post puts out. So if you get what I'm saying, like mm -hmm. that way yeah. it's more, I, when I think of platform, I think about like Spotify or not Spotify, Shopify or something where it's like you're enabling something else to happen. But uh, so I guess that's where Facebook, I think has done a better job because they can actually power the comment sections of different publishers. And then it's like, great, you're, you're now the platform that social's happening on. Right. So it'd be really interesting to me to see TikTok, or, you know, go the same direction. No doubt. Well, can I, uh, steal one of your most common questions on the podcast? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I don't know what this is. It's pronounced Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> we already flew past that one. Um, no, David loves his hot takes. And so I'm curious to hear what your hot takes are around social media and let's make it try to specific to multifamily. So I'm going to seed this a little bit. Do you believe as we're seeing the trends you just talked about, Eddie, with TikTok eating into share with Facebook that 10 years from now, TikTok is going to be more important to properties than Facebook. So that would be a potential example of a hot take here. Yeah, well, I would argue that like depending on what your property is right now, TikTok is more important than Facebook. Like if, you're, if you're a student, <laughs> yeah, huh? come on, no, wait, hold on, I don't know what we're gonna do. Push. What are we gonna cheer? <laughs> Wawa, laugh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, know, I feel like that was like here. I, I got a random one. <laughs> All right, All right. I, that was kind of cool. <laughs> we definitely we need a hot take button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it is the boom. We need a big boom. Yeah. Like a mic drop. That's yeah. what it should be. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be good. All right. I like how the random is still playing in the background. I don't know. Pardon that interruption, yeah. folks. <laughs> um, yeah, but what I was saying us? was, uh, if, yeah, if you're a student housing prop or property, then like that, your audience is on TikTok. It makes more sense for you to be on TikTok compared to Facebook. Uh, maybe like your residents' parents are on Facebook, but if you really want to get to that student demo, then you should be trying to get on TikTok. Yeah. And you can have fun with like, apartment tours and like meeting the team and like trending like skits and things like that. And it's once again, an insight into the community. So yeah, what about Twitter? Is it equivalent to print at this point as, as far as relevance for a property? Like, would you say Twitter's dead for the property? Uh, I would say yes, unless you're really good at like having real time updates. So if like there's a fire alarm or you have like a surprise food truck event or, um, Something that's happening on the property in real time. Um, if you have an audience, then that's a great opportunity. But at the same time, most properties already have, like we were saying, the resident portal or email communication where it's already way more direct and a little bit easier. Yeah, it's more for like your news, news updates. Yeah. Well, have you guys, um, this one's just out of curiosity, but 
as you've gotten to work certain properties for a longer period of time, do you ever find like the one, one or two residents that seem to have like really big voices within mm-hmm. the community? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Any funny stories there or just high level commentary? Um, I have one resident that is like my best friend in my head um, in, a, in a Minnesota property. She always will respond with like photos of her like cat on the balcony or just her cat, like lounging around her apartment. And um, I feel like I've met this cat. I feel like me and this cat have like a real close bond, but uh, this cat has no idea yet that I exist. So <laughs> Erica, have you seen examples of that? Similar, yeah. There's like pet influencers, like people's pets have their own like Instagram. So, and they have mm-hmm. quite a following. So, I'll see a lot of engagement from like <laughs> Bonnie the Pug or whatever. I totally just made that up. <laughs> yeah. So, like any pugs, I'm all over. You got your pug. I uh, actually, plug. not to, I might one up you on this one, but my, I had a client that um, did a photo shoot with uh, a pet resident. Um, and then, you know, years past they've moved out but every time i post a photo of that dog even if they're not tagged that dog is commenting like i miss this property i loved living here and i'm like you're like the best influencer how do we get you to move back in like <laughs> wow totally i want to do more with those resident influencers i think there's more to be had but you have to get sign off obviously from the property so uh i don't want to say greatest hits but uh staying on this thread a little bit top two or three like comments posts over your five combined years that stand out like either for total weirdness or something hilarious obviously we don't want to go anywhere dark right now eddie so (laughs) (laughs) as i see you trolling through your brain i know i'm going through like the rolodex of like what can i say um i i to me it's always like the ones that just like don't really make any sense or just like have so many typos that like give me a good little chuckle and i'm like you tried thanks like, thanks for the comment. <laughs> yeah. Or it like kind of baffles me when people put their phone numbers or direct contact in comments. I'm like, oh, it's public. It's yeah. public. <laughs> well, but, did you guys have other hot takes since Reed let, got the one boom from Eddie? But it's in the calendar invite hot takes. So did you guys prep? Oh. No? Jesus. Even I wrote the talking <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this would be a hot take, but if I ever met Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> that's a great you know yeah like we asked the, like what do you want god off, to yeah, say exactly. when you get to the yep, gates yep, yeah. that's it a would, great start it would probably be like a networking event or a conference and he would just be you know at the snack bar or something filling up on sweet baby rays <laughs> yeah or maybe some like pigs in a blanket with the spicy mustard wearing, <laughs> wearing his oculus yeah, surrounded by some bodyguards <laughs> and I would nonchalantly walk up there and just smack the tray of pigs in a blanket to his head and walk away. Just wow. walk away. There wasn't, a, I thought this was. Also, you really feel like. I had a conversation with Zuckerberg. This is just if I saw him on the street, I'm knocking his burrito on the ground. Basically, punch him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever follow up with what, with what it means? What? Why'd you knock his pig in a blanket's off? I feel like a jet. Otherwise, I would Chuck Norris roundhouse kick him in the face. But we're trying to keep the podcast. <laughs> How do you really feel? Jeez. Wow. <laughs> we don't even know what the what the assault is for. We just know. For me, it's is. it's uh, yeah. the hours that I've spent with Facebook support. Yeah. That's what uh, it is. I'm sure they're breaks. great people, but I've been upset. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Well, uh, what do you guys think moving into a little bit more of the future? How is it, you being that you guys are ingrained in social media how do you guys take the move to renaming meta and moving that direction i think like the renaming of meta actually like makes a lot of sense and is going to be kind of good um i think like 
well, I don't know, but like it's confusing to some people. I think like Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp and all these things and like Facebook marketplace within there and then Facebook watch and then all this stuff. It's so to kind of like break it out a little bit more and say that like meta owns all of this. And in this metaverse, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's WhatsApp, there's all this stuff. To me, that seems like they should have started with that. But obviously when Facebook started it, you know, as like the first Tinder, that's not, you know, it wasn't the idea. (laughs) I mean, I'm fine with it. I can make things up like, what's the meta with you? I'm just going to do this New York thing. You're really good with your meta puns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I Puns th- in general. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious if you guys, uh, how, just how you guys are receiving it. And if you, if you guys then have thoughts, and maybe Eddie, you do on where social is headed. Because like, um, I didn't see TikTok coming five years ago. I mean, because there was Vine before that, which mm-hmm. had- Slammed out big time. Yeah. And I don't under, I don't. I mean, I guess I, got I was literally asking that on my walk with Miranda. Oh, I was really? like, I don't get why TikTok is so much more successful than Vine. Yeah. Well, it could just Same be like... Same exact concept. Am I wrong? Well, because uh, I can tell you... Well, oh. I think a huge part of what that was was the content creators on Vine didn't have any type of way to monetize that unless they got like an outside brand deal. And even if that's the case, it's only a six second video. So really how great can that brand deal really be? Whereas in TikTok, you can, um, if you go live, you can, you know, uh, your viewers can like send little emojis and stuff, which is like sends you money. Um, like there's ways to like monetize directly through TikTok. Um, so Vine saw a lot of people go to YouTube because you can monetize on YouTube. Well, then wouldn't you say like that's a major risk for Instagram? Um, because that's kind of, I mean, Instagram has its scale already, but you can't monitor, you don't get paid just like, like YouTube at least pays you for your views. Yeah, I think, um, I, I'm not exactly sure what's made Instagram a little bit stickier. I think um, just like the six second nature of Vine, it, like the, the attention span was so short. Um, whereas with like Instagram, I feel like you can kind of show a little bit more of your personality and have a little bit more of like, um, your brand out there. Um, so that makes those brand partnerships a little bit stronger. Um, and also influencers now can, you know, uh, start a store directly on Instagram mm-hmm. with like their merch and sell directly through Instagram. So they kind of have tried to keep up with that a little bit. They've like made up for it is what you're saying. It's like, it got the scale and now they've made other ways. So it's ingrained. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, back to the future of social then, do you guys see something else there happening or do you think it is like going to be metaverse? You know, is that really the way to go? I hope we're not in the metaverse forever. Um, (laughs) I think like, as you're seeing now with Instagram kind of prioritizing video, I think everybody is realizing that like what TikTok has is pretty special. And whether it's because they're consuming all of our data all the time, constantly without our permission or some other reason, um, (laughs) they found some type of recipe that works and Instagram is now trying to replicate that. So I think what we're going to see in the next, well, we're already seeing it now, but the next five, 10 years is video is going to become the only thing that really matters on social and um, we'll start, I am predicting we're going to start seeing more like 3d walk through more, yeah. um, which will be great for the apartment industry of like 3d videos where you can kind of control your journey um, kind of like the metaverse Oculus thing. Um, but more so just directly on your phone as opposed to having to buy a whole new device. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I think just, I mean, this will let Reed give his angle too, but I think the move to Meta was a super bold move. And I don't think Zuck could have done it if he didn't have control of the company. And I do think like if you're one of those big companies, you're always at risk of dying off. And uh, Facebook has done a great job of 
like holding competition at bay by acquiring them fast enough or ripping them off, off fast enough to then like stay in front of them with their scale. But, you know, a lot of people talk about network effects and how positive they are for you, but they just as they are good on the way up, they are just as bad to you on the way down. So like if whatever, the four of us were on Facebook together, but then Eddie jumped ship, that makes our experience of Facebook not as good. But, and it's just how it was exponential on the way up, it's exponential on the way down. So I'd say that if if you were Zuckerberg, unlike Google, where it's not worse if someone else uses DuckDuckGo instead, Facebook or Instagram very much is worse if someone uses something else instead. So I think it's a, I mean, it's adm- admirable, the swing he's taking here. And by changing the name, it really helps solidify, like we're taking this seriously. This is not like Google Wave or something where it's like, hey, we're going to experiment and see if it goes. So I, I just think as a leader, it's a very bold move. doesn't mean it's right, but Reed, I don't know how you, what you have to say about it. Well, we t- <laughs> talked about this, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, not right when it happened, but I don't know if you're giving him too much credit as far as the boldness versus the pressure uh, from stakeholders, even though, as you said, it's his call and still his company. Uh following all the controversy, you know, from Cambridge Analytica all the way through, you know, um, the recent elections that they had to distance themselves. And this was the the perfect excuse. He was going to go this route anyways. All I'm saying is I don't know if the decision-making was all about, you know, the courage and the boldness versus the pressure. Um, I think what I also told you, and this was in the Washington Post, some guy that's been closely following social media for a long time and He's betting against this move, which I believe I, I did tell you that, and saying that when you look at all the other platforms, there was far more of a need or it seemed far more sensible, like an evolution of communication. But he's struggling more with 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 the virtual reality and with the metaverse as something that we're or he's trying to create. Zuckerberg's trying to create this new universe um, and thinking that people are going to naturally gravitate to that when they already have kind of the access that they need or the method that they want to communicate. And so kind of creating, I guess, or establishing a new behavior is what he thinks has not, I, I don't know, often proven to be successful. I would have to dig that back up because I could hear you already saying, well, didn't at some point they develop the behavior for people to communicate on Facebook. Um, but he was drawing a clear line where he was just saying, this is, if you look at the paradigm for how these platforms are established and then find success, the metaverse and where he's going with it does not fit with those other paradigms. So that's as far as I can remember, but where he was like, I don't, I don't see it happening. I can never remember what we've actually talked about on the podcast versus not. So uh, (laughs) it makes two of us, (laughs) Uh, but to tack on the Eddie's thing, I like how Eddie was saying he views like 3d tours and walkthroughs happening more, but it would be kind of just like an in-app experience. Um, And I would connect that to, let's say the metaverse, whatever, whatever form it takes. So instead of, um, one of the challenges I have is there's this, in technology, there's this, you start with one thing, uh, uh, well, let's back up and use an analogy. It's like the cable bundle, where you start with, you buy HBO and then all, or ESPN, then it gets bundled with everything, and then there's the unbundling as tech takes off. I feel like that's what's happening with like social media and communication. Like you start with like everyone's on Facebook or MySpace or whatever, the flavor of the day at the time. And then um, it um, then it starts to like expand into all these niche like areas where there's these other platforms like a 
a TikTok and a YouTube or whatever. And then I could see a world where that starts to come back together again, where it starts to get aggregated. So where you could basically tweet on Facebook or Facebook go to go to Twitter and not have to use a third party platform like a Hootsuite or something to make that happen. And so where I'm going with that is I could see that almost tagging onto what you're saying about this guy from the Washington Post read, but it, one, uh, there, uh, there's these startups out there. There's one that recently got funded called Beeper. Ah, pulled that right out of my back pocket. Kazoo. Um, <laughs> we only had that drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Kazoo. Yeah. yeah. So uh, got that pulled out of the Kazoo, but um it's trying to aggregate all your chats together. So your Slack, your Google Hangouts, your Twitter, your text messaging, like your WhatsApp in one app because it's it's annoying to go to all these different apps. So anyways, I could see that type of unbundling, like that's rebundling. And I could see that happening with, I'll say the metaverse, but all of a sudden where you have, um, Reed, you and I have talked about like, why do you even need an app on your phone versus like HTML5 allows you to do anything in an app. The difference is it's basically a bookmark on your home screen. So I could see the metaverse kind of being that where it needs to be some sort of piping that allows you to, to interact in any app across any platform, like s seamlessly, you know, and then not have to have all these special ways of like, I got to log into this account that's not attached to that account that's, you know, doesn't have my full history. But will I, Facebook or big apart meta be that selfless? Cause I think that's the challenge. I think they've them. kind of proven they're trying to do the opposite of that where they're they want they don't want anyone to leave Facebook at all. Like that's they've what got I was Facebook say. Watch, yep. they've got Market. Yeah. Oh, you're buying, you're watching, you're talking on Facebook, and that's just the three that I can think of off the top of my head. Like there's so much in there that I feel like it's caught, gotten to the point where like a lot of their Facebook Watch shows like didn't perform well because people couldn't find them because there's just so much stuff in that platform that it's like overwhelming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think you're so the it, day they invite TikTok into their Oculus League. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so in his announcement from Meta, I remember I watched it, which was unusual for me to watch the whole thing. But he said that he wanted to make an open platform to allow uh, to basically make sure like there was somebody thinking open versus everyone being closed. But I will say, even though he said that, that has not been what it's felt like. So like to use an Oculus device, you have to have a Facebook account. To me, that's going very much the opposite of <laughs> being open. It's like, oh, you got to use a Facebook account. So it's, you say one thing for a nice PR, but you're sort of like your actions are showing something different. Uh, that just means that you'd have to have someone else that would come in and be, it's kind of almost like the iPhone. The iPhone still remain like, does not like to be open and won't even allow, what is it? Green bubbles, blue bubbles. What the hell is that thing? Green text messages. Yep. From yeah. Android users. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's annoying to me. So I, I would like to see tech come more together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else we missed, guys, that you get, wanted to get to? No, I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Hashtag well, social media day. Yeah. I've got one last thing that might make the social media. The other uh, day, Erica asked, uh, made a comment to me about uh, a didgeridoo. <laughs> and I asked her to take a poll and find out how many people know what a didgeridoo is and who could make the sound, recreate the sound without Googling it. So f first of all, I know, I know. Don't look over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Reed, do you know what a didgeridoo is? I think I just made it clear that I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant like you didn't want to make the sound. So that, okay. It's a kazoo replacement. Uh, not exactly, but. Eddie, I heard, I told you, you were winter, winter chicken dinner. You mm -hmm. knew what a didgeridoo was. I'm not going to make you in, impersonate one. But I didn't get my chicken dinner. <laughs> it, it, I'm running right over the King Supers next. Take that, David. <laughs> I, it's not, wow. 
I think it's like a, a wah wah wah. That's the noise. That, that's like, pretty good. That's pretty feels good. Like to me, but I don't think that was super. That's great. pretty good, Erica. What do you What do you give it? It's, it's good. That's on point. All right. Were you about to do it? I okay. was. Uh, okay. I go refrained. I was like, no, no. Wait, I come on. Let's hear yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that was good. Well, we get another cheer for this. Uh, nice job, nice job, you guys for playing the game. Uh, yeah, it's a it's an Aborigine. Like I think Aboriginal? they did it. It's, oh it's, my god! Instead of like doing smoke signals or whatever they used, I to know do. exactly what you're talking about now. Okay. The digi threw me off. I oh, didn't okay. know it started with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you read that? It has nothing to do with digital. You know. No. Okay. No. I mean, you've I, you seen know, the first time I saw that was in the movie. Right st- no, the right stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Do you remember that scene? I don't remember that scene, but they're that's in Australia, like to help with the communication as John Glenn is orbiting the the Earth. Oh, really? And the Aborigines are out there making oh, all sorts of. I do remember that scene digi- now that you mentioned it. Yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So the, I also think it may be one of the most dangerous instruments uh, to play. I'll call it an instrument that just seems like if you're too close, uh, there's going to be. Yeah. Someone. A lot of chipped teeth. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Eddie, we can't let you go without some parting words here. Um, this is the sad part. You know, David said a lot of big news. I don't know if you said that up at the top, but. What? This was uh yeah his it? last his okay we had to drain right. his brain before he got out of here. I guess I do have the fishbowl, uh you know goldfish thing. <laughs> Somehow I missed that, but um yeah I don't think you've totally determined what's next, but um what are you what are you looking for and what will you have I guess the fondest memories of here at Digital? Yeah yeah so I'm moving um back east with uh, to be with family um uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, so I'll be leaving Digible, but I think my biggest, my, which is actually funny because I'm leaving the day before you guys are doing whitewater rafting. And I was going to say that my like best memory was when we went whitewater rafting, like when I first started like two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, that was super fun. And also the second week that I was here was, um, apartmentalized in Denver. Um, so I got oh, thrown right. right into the industry. Right. I didn't even have like two full weeks of onboarding. I was like, I don't really know a bunch of anything that's going on um so that was like a really great way to get like my feet wet and kind of like figure out what the industry is about and uh get to meet people and uh see just like how big this industry is because i definitely was like just focused on like marketing the marketing aspect of it but to see like how many players there are in the space is like wild yeah apartmentalize will do it to you like because i david and i when we first cut our teeth in, in this industry it was really more with gray star property management specific, I'll say. Um, and even then I was like, wow, this is a little bit bigger than I realized, mm-hmm. which was naive of me. And to some extent, right. It's apartments. Like you have single family and you have multifamily. Um, but then it really hit me hard when I experienced my first NAA and to some degree, I think you aim, I don't know which came first, probably aim but just how massive yeah, the industry is and how many different segments live within it. So that was cool. I remember, I remember that being your, your second week and Gidel was managing you, right? Yep. Yeah. And she was like, he's doing an amazing job. He's just <laughs> running around asking questions. And, and I was like, just tweeting from the Fiona yeah, account. I was yeah. just like sitting in sessions, just like live tweeting. I was like, I don't, I like was just learning so much stuff and just tweeting it out. It was kind of cool. Yeah. So part two of that was now that you're moving to the next chapter, do you have a clear picture of what you're looking for as far as, um, yeah, what your dream job would be? 
Um, no, I think that's something that I'm like really want to like focus on and figure out what that looks like. I don't know if I really, as we just talked about social media for 15 minutes, I don't know if I totally want to stay in social media forever. Um, Erica and I talk about burnout all the time and just the constant nature of like, uh, churning and burning content. Um, every day you need to come up with something new and it only lasts for 24 hours or, you know, as long as people are interested in it. So, um, I don't know. I think uh, I want to really take this time and just like think about like what I'm good at and what like I'm passionate about and how I can get those two things to intersect. Oh, that's great. Did you read Atomic Habits? No. Okay. I thought maybe you're, you're just that wise. No, I'm just, I, you don't even a need lot to... of that was stolen from stuff that David has said. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that's how it all happened, but you don't even need to read the books. It just comes out naturally. Well, he just talks about you want to go pursue something that you're really gifted at, which may sound like Captain Obvious there, but like that you kind of create your own game like in life. And the only way to like create a game that you can win at is to know what you're really good at. And then of course, what you're passionate at. So if you can figure out those two, then that should help you quite a bit with whatever's next, but we're going to miss you deeply. I said that obviously before the podcast, but you've been such a great player here at Digipol, perfect for our values and so talented and, um, yeah, it's just tough to to lose you, but we're equally excited for you. I know you'll do really well wherever you go, and you'll always have a home here at Digible. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine having like a better first job out of college. Like, I feel like I hit the lottery with Digible, so um, I'm I'm glad that you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> no, Reed initiated that one. <laughs> that one was off book. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I just like had a great three years and um, like I was saying in the roundup earlier today, like I've made lifelong friends here that like they're stuck with me forever. Sorry about it. Um, but yeah, the people here are great. So I definitely am going to miss you guys the most. Erica, you're losing your, your other half here. Any final I words uh, I know. for I was the just podcast? Telling David, I've had meltdowns in front of David and Shannon. So it's just a matter of time before I have a meltdown in front of you, Reed. So. <laughs> <I> can't wait. <laughs> um, I'll make yeah. sure to carry a pack of tissues in my back pocket <laughs> for the next week or right so. Right out of your kazoo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There is no drop for that. <laughs> um, no, it's been awesome. It has been great, like, us working alongside together and creative ideas and building the, the department and learning so much and just having just having fun. So I'm I'm happy for you. Sad. Selfishly sad. Beside myself. But I'm happy. Yeah, I'm definitely sad to be leaving the team, but um, excited to see what you guys do next. And like I was saying in the roundup, I'm you're going to see me in the comment section and I'm going to be liking and engaging and sharing stuff. So yeah, I'm excited to see what you guys do. You're going to be like that cat? Your oh, social yeah, media cat answer. friend? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yes. you. I was <laughs> listening. It was a dog, but yeah. Was it, I, thought you it was a, I thought you said it was a cat on the on the balcony that's like, I wish oh, I could live Oh, okay, there. sorry. I was thinking about the other pet. You're right. Wow, you... Wow, you know Man. social media better than me. Wow. Well, I was also. I thought you were talking about the dog. So, yeah, I was thinking about the cat because uh, we'll tell this story. She's not here, but Reed, do you remember when Isabel first moved to Denver in her first apartment? Well, that part, yeah, but okay. I don't know where you're headed she, with this. She had major issues because the person upstairs didn't have a litter box oh, for their yes. cats. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. And it would just drip down onto <gasps> patio, Isabel's right? patio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she like multiple times had to go to the <laughs> property manager and be like, can you have a conversation? Because their cat stuff is falling <laughs> down on my lawn furniture. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking about when you said, when you were talking about your cat, that, or whatever, <laughs> the cat that follows your account, so... 
sure Isabel will be grateful if she ever listens to this episode. Yeah, she'll probably start dry heaving again <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it. All right, well, let's get out of here, guys. Cool. All right. Peace. Great. See, See you later. Thanks, guys.